Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 66 of Beer and Addition, the podcast. And we are here in, I guess, Bennett, no, Marina Del Rey. Technically. Los Angeles, California, <laughs> at the uh, Firestone Walker Propagator uh, location with Evan Head Brewer and Blanca Marketing and Certified Cicero. Guys, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Really Good appreciate it. This is a super cool spot. Thanks, man. I like it a lot. This is uh, a relatively new-ish location. Uh, so we've been, I think this is about a year old. Okay. Uh, this whole place we've been brewing for for about a year here. Okay. And uh, I think before it used to be a Gold's Gym. Oh yeah. So we're actually sitting in what used to be the, the locker room Amazing. of the Gold's Gym. So I think That's this sick. is a little bit better of yeah. a situation. Yeah. <laughs> Upgrade. The opposite health impact, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think it's better. <laughs> Most well. definitely. Um, so yeah, this is uh, first time here. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about everything. So this is like, you guys have multiple locations. So I really want to get into like the story and, and both of you guys as well of how it all started. Sure. Um, Tio from Dope and Dag is going to be here at some point. Um, LA traffic is ruining his life as it does. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're enjoying this uh, pills. So tell us about this one. This is the Pivo Hoppy Pills. Yes, this is Pivo. Um, we started brewing this about four or five years ago and uh, it's taken uh, gold medal at GABF three years. The first three years we brewed it, it was nice. just gold medal for three years in a row. And then uh, this past year at GABF, it just got a, a bronze for German Pilsner. Amazing. And it's just like super straightforward. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's got a lot of like a hop kick on the end of it. So it's our hoppy Pilsner. It's kind of what all the brewers drink when we get off shift. Yeah. We all like you know go to the brewery and like to the you know the, the uh, bar across the street. And just like smash these and go yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a real consistent thing. Brewers love uh, like the lighter crisp type of beers, which mm-hmm. I find really interesting. And this glassware is sick. I haven't even seen anything really like this. It's like, is it like sort of fluted or something? Like it looks like it's uh, somewhat yeah. um, like it comes out mm-hmm. at the top. It does. And then we've got, we've actually got these in um, like sixteen ounce glasses too that are even mm-hmm. like super dramatic too. But and it's got the uh, you can see at the bottom it's got a little etched uh, hop on it, and so that's where you're getting all these like bubbles that are always coming out from the, from the bottom of it. So yeah. this beer, really cool. this beer is just beautiful though. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. You it out. It's like. You can crush these old days. It's dangerous. I just sit here staring at it sometimes. Thanks. This is amazing. So let's let's get into the story. So whoever wants to start first, like, how did you get where you are? Like, how did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like passing it straight away. So how did you, how did you get into brewing, and how did you end up uh, head brewer out here, man? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I uh, I got into brewing through home brewing, of course. So I I think I was even like before I was twenty one. But um, it was kind of, yeah. But, uh, you weren't drinking it though. No, of Just course. Making. I was, yeah, I was like giving it to my to older your, friends. Absolutely. You know, for, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To help out with uh, with homework and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You chose. Yeah. Evan make the beer. But uh, yeah, just a couple of my buddies started homebrewing and then I did. And I kind of have this like obsessive personality and I just really got into it. And I also really like drinking. Like, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I just... I really fell into it heavily. Um, that was kind of when I was in college, and then uh, you know I got like a regular job, and I was doing that for four years. But then I was still just like home brewing constantly, every weekend, and uh, kind of just looked at my boss and realized like I didn't want his job. And I looked at my boss's boss and was like, I really don't want his job either. Um, so I decided to leave, uh, and I uh, I started kind of like interning at a bunch of places. I'm from Atlanta, so yeah. 
Peace yeah. out. Peace out, Baytown Down. <laughs> where the players play. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we blast Ludacris in here a lot. I love so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. As you should. Like chicken and beer and word of mouth. Cool. And like, all the and stuff. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love it, man. It's such a cool place. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so we... Um, where I were was. you born out there? No, you say you're from there. Oh yeah. Were you, were you so I was just kind of, I was kind of like bouncing around trying to, you know, find a brewery that would take me in. Um, and you didn't then, go to school at the time? Had you been to school or? No, not at that time. Okay. And then I kind of realized if I really wanted to take this seriously and kind of get my foot in the door um, somewhere like that I really respected, and I'd go to school. So mm-hmm. I went up to Siebel in Chicago mm-hmm. and did like a six-week advanced brewing course there. Nice. And then while I was out there got a job at Firestone nice. and I was like thank god this is amazing so and that moved you down to the Paso yeah that moved me yeah at the Paso I literally just had four bags on a plane and flew out oh. there and started staying in a amazing. in a room with someone um then my girlfriend moved out a couple months later and I was up there for two years nice. just like worked my ass off up there that was your first uh, proper brewing job first proper brewing amazing. job that's a good uh, good start eh it was like an insane place to yeah. cut your teeth, you know, yeah. and like, and like it's, it's a big production facility out there. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a big production facility. So, you know, um, down here, like if you, uh, like for instance, if we clean one tank a week down here, you know, we've got four fermenters, so yeah. we we'll clean like one a week. But you know, down there, you can clean four in a day. Right. You know, so you and just get, much bigger you than get, this, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. just a little. <laughs> This these are uh, these are twenty barrel, and our smallest, uh, <clears throat> you know, up there, up in Paso, is like two hundred barrels. Right. So they're like, you know, and our biggest ones are a thousand. So they're like they're like That's fifty insane. feet tall, like you know, forty fifty feet wide. Amazing. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, you just get like reps down there. It's like brewery boot camp, you right. know, like every day, or you know, when you're brewing beer. Um, you know, up there we'll have like four or five batches of beer going at one time. There's like seven kettle like vessels going, and you're just you know like cranking beer out. So yeah. it's just like got a shit ton of experience yeah. in like a very short amount of time. And uh, yeah, they they built this place, and uh, the head brewer left to go take a sales job selling malt, and they asked the people they were comfortable with to run this place who wanted to go down there, and nice. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, let's do it and you know you're looking so. for a change i guess was it like a nice uh, switch up from like coming down to la from uh town, like, small town? the biggest thing for me was um just getting able to do my own stuff down here right. so having like a little bit of say and like the type of beer that we get to make and kind of you know really like seeing the whole process at once um you know like when you're doing up like up in the production facility um, you know it's, it's kind of like being a um, like a line cook right in terms of you know you kind of get your ticket you know mm-hmm. like, all right yeah, like right. three pivos three out of fives like three each jacks and you're just like, right. and you just like bang it out right um, <laughs> but i really wanted not to, that like, much room for experimentation <laughs> uh, out there i guess yeah. it's just like it's such high demand it's like she's got to crank out the and i mean we've got guys who are way smarter than me up there who are like figuring out like the the, the beers to make you know and right. like what's you know so uh um, but yeah, I just got to come down here and kind of like put my own little personal touch on everything and Fantastic. I still get to keep up in touch with up north and yeah, I'm like super stoked to be down here. That's sick, man. So, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, Very much so. Yeah, I appreciate it. Love it. Blanca, how did you uh, become, I mean, marketing is, is gangster and all, but the certified <laughs> Cicerone is super, super cool. Right. So um, I went to college in Portland. So when I was drinking- Oregon or Maine? Oregon. Oregon. So I was spoiled all throughout college uh, with microbrews, what they called it at the time. And I thought it was a normal thing to be able to go to a pub and get the local Lee Mead Brown or Amber Ale. 
came home to LA after college and I was like, what? What's going on here? The, the best craft beer available was like Stone and Firestone, you know, Anchor and Sierra Nevada. Right. Um, so I ca- kind of started seeking out like the best beers and slowly over time the LA beer scene started to develop. And um, I was stuck in an office job that I wasn't happy with and da- around the corner Stone Brewing opened up a tasting room, Pastina, and I just kind of applied for it, didn't think I would hear back. Ran into Greg Cook at a beer fest. We were drunk, and I was like, "Hey, I just applied to work for you." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Email me, and he was able to help me get an interview because you know you have hundreds of people applying. Imagine, yeah. You know, so I was able to land a job with them. Um, but it was some of the best learning experience. Everybody that worked there, super beer geeks. We would learn from each other. Right around the time we opened there, uh, <clears throat> Stone started doing their um, pilot brewery in Liberty Station. Mm-hmm. So we were getting new beers that one-offs every week. So we were learning about all these different beer styles while learning about like all these, these old school beer styles and West Coast IPA all day. Right. Um, so all while day. there, all day, all they, day. Yeah, <laughs> they very much encouraged all their employees to be beer server certified. Right. Um, and everybody became that. And then a few of us wanted to move up the ladder and uh, we were able to do our certified and we all studied together, did all flavor together. Um, and then over time, I kind of noticed that there was like no growth for me there specifically unless I went into sales which didn't seem to be the thing I wanted to do Um, and I just basically ran into David Walker one day and he's like yeah we're opening up Venice and I was like can I get a job and he he trusted in me enough that he brought me on right when we were opening this location Um, so I helped open up uh, the store across the way and then I've been here the whole time since the brewery started brewing last October right when we started brewing they gave me the reins to be like social media coordinator for the location and then I started doing more events and now I'm trying to develop like a beer education program to kind of go back to being you know using my certified sister-in-law status for good and trying to educate the staff and stuff so it's really been kind of a passionate journey for me just kind of following what I, I loved and I kind of just started as a whim, like, I don't know where this will take me. And eventually it brought me here. And I think it's been pretty rad so far. That's super cool. Yeah. You still can't do a boomerang video to say Can't boomerang. <laughs> it's like, it's like, true story. Try, we're like, it's other. like, dude, we get cheers like 50 times. Like, we're like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. She's like, oh, hit that. It's yeah. tough. Hey, it's tough. We have a social media agency, so like, I know exactly what you do. Yeah. It's not easy. It's yeah. no joke. It's not. It's a whole thing. Boomerang is a whole thing. It's yeah. hot. Um, I was actually curious like that how so that's uh, I guess most breweries do they have like Cicerones like working for them to be able to do those things that you're talking about like education programs and um I I just actually heard of one I forget which brewery it was but there's these girl ladies that started in father's office here they're called the beer chicks um one of them went to work for Allagash and the other one works for this other brewery and she's like the chief beer education or like lead beer educator so I think a lot of the bigger breweries are trying to establish more of these programs to make sure that everybody's to standard because the certified I mean the Cicerone programs there basically to that so that mm-hmm. you know that you can meet standards somebody knows how to pour a proper beer they know the difference between an ale and a lager um, but most breweries um, just to kind of make sure that they're keeping up with trends making sure that they know how to to tell if they have a shitty beer on draft, you know, if there's off flavors. Right. Um, it's becoming more and more of a necessity, especially with the beer industry booming the way it is. Quality, I think, is becoming a big issue where yeah. sometimes it falls through the cracks or, or these beer bars are taking on, like, 
all these new accounts and they're not cleaning their lines and it's like you have this beautiful beer but it doesn't taste the way it should because they're not doing their part Um, and in that respect like there's like that draft maintenance making sure stuff is clean that's that's a big part of what you know producing beer is important but also making sure that when it's on the receiving end like your beer is in code it's yeah. not you know it hasn't gone out of code it's fresh our, all our beer here we try to have less than 30 days so from packaging date so if you go around town you might see something that might be older than it should be on the shelf but here you will always find fresh beer right. sometimes we'll get like day-old beer and it's just like oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a difference in the world eh? oh my god yeah, yeah. it changes <clears throat> the game yeah we'll do uh we'll do like panels where we, we like save beer like every single batch we ever made we'll save a case mm-hmm. and some days we'll get like our sensory people and they'll sit you down like a uh, pale 31 like uh, it's like our pale mm-hmm. ale mm-hmm. um and you'll you'll try it you know like day old two weeks old a month old six weeks and then maybe three months six months and then a year old right. just just to see yeah just to try them and it's like after six weeks it's like this is completely different beer right and then after six months you're like this is this is horrible this is garbage you know and you get to the point where you could you could, they can not tell you what beers they are and, and you, can you, pick you, you can sit there and put them in order of freshest to, to oldest right. yeah that's crazy so then what did that even say for like some of the other beers probably that tend to be macro that you know that you, they've got been sitting there for 18 months or they've got 18 months shelf life or something like that yeah they I guess um, yeah, yeah, I guess like for them, yeah, the, yeah, the, at least in Australia, I've seen that. Like, that's crazy, isn't that? Eighteen months. It is says like expiry on the beer, yeah. like on the. I guess it would be expensive. Well, Budweiser's so, more expensive, right? To make? In Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, everything's because yeah. it's yeah. imported, yeah. right? Fancy ass Budweiser. <laughs> when I didn't know better, I was drinking it. and I thought it was. I drank fancy imported lagers. It was my before I knew about real beer. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I know. Right? I was your like, friends. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> oh my god, what are you drinking that for? Like, why aren't you drinking the shitty local I did, stuff? I did the same thing with Stella Artois. Yeah, you know, like, Newcastle. New like, hey guys, I went to this liquor store there. They had like a lager from Cuba. It's called Cristal, and I thought we always bought that. It's like, oh yeah, it's got this Cristal. But yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of these ones had like full on like I specifically remember eighteen months is sticking in my head that like that's obscene. Like, that's really nuts. think about it. Like yeah. and the amount of preservatives and just mm-hmm. stuff right. they must have to put in to keep them fresh when because yeah those macro brews. I mean, one, I mean they're making beer that is going to just taste fresher longer than like a hoppy pale ale. You yeah. know, like pivo will last longer. Six weeks you can drink a pivo and it tastes like pivo just because it's a lager and like those beers last longer. Yeah. But then on the other end, yeah, when they're uh, when they're filtering the beer or like a lot of times they're adding in like stabilizers and like different stuff to basically like keep, keep the beer going, right? the way the way that it, they want it to um, I wonder those hangovers are bad yeah <laughs> they also you're right yeah <laughs> they uh also too I mean they like uh one thing that they do have going for them is they have like insane amount of money to buy really good equipment so like their packaging yeah. stuff is probably like just like top watch like on yeah. top of them, so that they might get a little bit more time with that too mm. but um but still 18 months is like it's ridiculous. really long yeah 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 and i start just... tasting like paper and like cardboard at that oh, point yeah. it's like oh, it tastes like a old library yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and not in a good way no no like not library, you know, yeah, yeah not not like the back of you know like yeah, keep the all back. the all the the real the moldy stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i met this dude in montreal who was working for this company and he didn't tell me much more about it but he said they've come up with this like technology for canning that something i guess it's like the environment how they do it but it removes like all the oxygen mm-hmm. from the can it's like something that's not common like, yet is that like a, the co2 purge 
it could be. I think it's, it's like, like it, some proprietary stuff. The way he well, was talking, it has like to be. Yeah, it had to be something a little different because almost everybody will like purge the can with CO two first mm-hmm. and Which, then fill it with beer, right? Um, just to keep because oxygen's like your enemy, you know. Yeah, so totally. particularly for the hobbyist stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, if that's something like kind of like new and proprietary, then it's got to be something crazy. Something I don't really special, know what. Yeah. yeah, some some, some find space out age sci fi yeah. shit going on. It there. sounded like <laughs> fascinating <laughs> because it sort of would negate a lot of those problems, particularly with like the. The super weather's the West Coast, like the Northeast style set IPAs that where the hot levels are like like astronomical. Makes all, yeah, well, that astronomical, yeah. but all, they <laughs> make or break the beer. And if right, if it's like you know, oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of like say the Northeast stuff, you can't like distro it mm-hmm. because it's, it's done. This I did. I don't know. Out here, I'm seeing a bunch. Yeah, like, way more than I expected. It's then. just the trend. Everybody's like hopping on the bandwagon. Oh wait, do you oh, mean like from other places? From, uh, from like Trillium and like Treehouse. Well, I, I that's probably something I wouldn't mind talking about as well. But sure. aside from the trend bandwagon stuff, like I'm just seeing them on the shelf in a liquor store. Oh. Whereas like in Canada, the ones we get oh, out okay. there are like you can't really buy Trillium anywhere but Trillium and Treehouse and mm-hmm. Bissell Brothers, even Alchemists, um, uh, a bunch of the stuff out here. Even uh, modern times does distro a bunch of that stuff too. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, got it from like the brew pub most of the time as opposed to that but like I just thought it was interesting that so many I can go to a liquor store and there's a, a bunch of northeast IPAs are just like I don't know how long right yeah no these are going to be okay yeah. for probably not that long you know yeah. honestly I've had some treehouse stuff that was really really good but it was I literally had a buddy who like, you know went there and yeah. then like Mm-hmm. Air shipped it. Yeah. it. Yeah. I was in Central California and I was like, oh, this was packaged two days ago. I, said, yeah. I think it's all right still. Yeah, but that was it. Like, should be okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's like we drank with these one brewery and they were saying, like, oh, as soon as it's like you pour it out of the fermenter, like 30 minutes old, it's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, get it. Get it's it. Over. Get rid of it. Yeah, it's, it's had a good life. But. Yeah. It sure has. But yeah, that's a really good point. Like mm-hmm. the trends. So how do you guys, because I, I am a, without, I've only had a, f- a few of your beers before. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming, excuse me if I'm wrong, that you guys aren't really like focused on that trendy, like, hey, type of stuff or are you you get that unfiltered so idea we have unfiltered which we can try if you want yeah. um, I think that um, well my, my thoughts on it I kind of I kind of keep like two two things going in my head like at one point you know I think that it's um, I think it is like it is a trend um, I think that maybe it might be like the the, the IBU craze where everyone's like how many how much bitterness yeah. can we fit in like this beer and now people are like how much how hazy can we make it and eventually yeah. like it'll dial dial back for sure um, but I've had some really good hazy IPAs like we just had this one from Green Cheek that mm-hmm. was like really good yeah I heard that and, pretty good yeah and I could definitely see it becoming like it's own style and like you know it's sticking around but the hype just yeah I mean like West Coast it. IPA was like blasphemy like initially you know, right? yeah initially yeah. and then you know it's kind of like at the end of the day it's like you know we're making beer like it's supposed to be fun yeah. and you know make it ridiculous got a couple thousand breweries in in the u.s now and if if 30 of them are just like experimenting and doing this crazy stuff then uh you know we need that in the industry yeah. to keep like pushing like new directions and stuff um and another thing is like i think a lot of brewers too you kind of see them and they're like how are we going to make a hazy ipa and then they start like researching it and then like they're now they're learning more about like different yeast strains and now they're learning about like chill haze and they're like learning about how the hops and the yeast interact and like different ways to do it so i think right. a lot of like i like when i started looking into it i started learning more too so as long as it's a good beer yeah. and like i don't really have a problem with it but if, if people are making like shitty beer and then they're Just kind of on a trend and mm-hmm. then yeah or they're like or like well, you see those hazy ipas that are sitting on the shelf and they're like you know, oh, well, this probably isn't going to be good, but yeah. they're like, we can sell that. You know, it says New England IPA on yes, it. People are going to buy it. I did, and that were fine, but I feel like it's not, it just might not have been mm-hmm. like how it was supposed to. 
And I also yeah. have had ones that were just total shitty versions of it. And it seemed like the brew was like, all right, fine, this is the train, here it is. And it's like mm-hmm. not right. hazy and it's... Um, not that that's always the definition of it, but it's like they just dry up it with mosaic or something, and then they're like, "All right, yeah, get it. Yeah. There you go. Call you going like that, yeah. you know? Like <laughs> I just like this laziness, and like maybe then it's not their heart's not in it or whatever. But right. Like, so is there is there a reason you guys haven't done a bunch of that, or it just hasn't been like the traditional, like, hmm. that's so like I think as, the, as the entire brand, not just the Venice. Uh, so I think that we like kind of our brand is we do like classic styles like extremely well and when we usually like make a beer it becomes sort of like the pinnacle of like what that like what it's based upon like pale 31 became like the pale ale of like what a hoppy pale ale is or like double jack like along with like planet the elder was kind of like you know like that's what a double like like west coast ipa is um like pivo for instance you know but um Almost. Yeah. So I think uh, we're, we're getting into it. You can see some of our double IPAs are like hazy or like unfiltered. They get now, right? So we're kind of that's kind of how we're kind of dipping into it. Okay, yeah. I like that. It's getting yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Evan and Blanca. Blanca, okay. what's going on? What's up? And you're the foreigner. Yes. Foreigner. Yeah, right. Welcome to the Welcome back. All day there. What's going on? How's it going? Yeah, we got you a beer. Glad you made it, man. We just we just got to go and not too deep in. How you doing? I'm sorry, I was distracted. That's okay, me. looking at the beer. It happens. <laughs> no worries. Oh my God, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, Ryan, uh, who I believe still is yeah. here. Yeah, he's on here today. Yeah. yeah. He Lovely. was literally one of the first people that helped me along with my craft oh. beer journey. Sweet. Down yes. at Stone? Down at Stone. Cool. I uh, fell in love with Stone Brewing. Uh, that was kind of my original mm-hmm. white rabbit. And uh, I was living in Pasadena at the time. I know, no pun intended. I know. Sorry, it's like Matrix, <laughs> Matrix <laughs> reference. Are you I, know, I got this old black people love beard jacket on, and I'm talking about following the white rabbit. Yeah, so yeah, but but I found out that there was a Pasadena stone. I lived there for like three months. It was just I met I met uh, uh, Greg uh, there. I met like some. I met Will Wheaton. I met you know. A lot of really amazing people, so. Sweet. Firestone. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. That was really funny. I was just telling Blanca that you're on your way. Is that Tio from uh, Dope and Dank? I'm like, of course. Of course. <laughs> Anybody knows Dope and Dank, baby. Can't go anywhere. Can't take you anywhere. Man, it's, I mean, it's I, I love L.A. beer. I love <laughs> California beer. I, if, if for that reason alone, that is why I'm big Everyone and loud. Because I want people to know about our city's beer. I think what we're awesome. doing is special right now. Yeah. Need, yeah. need more megaphones. Damn it. You know, so yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. That is yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go on about, and something that you sort of mentioned in the text before, like the actual brand itself and the gentleman at the front was sort of like gave us these little books here that sort of talked about the story mm-hmm. um, behind the brand. Are you guys able to speak to that and like how it sort of started? Do you know much about that? Um, so the, the lore goes, uh, so David Walker and Adam Firestone are brothers-in-laws. Right. So the only true Firestone Walker is Polly, Adam's sister, and David's wife, uh, gotcha. Polly Firestone Walker. Um, they, I guess, when they got together, um, David was actively helping with the winery mm-hmm. because um, Adam was running Firestone Winery. Um, and then they got the crazy idea to start brewing. Um, and they started brewing using barrels because they're wine people. Okay. And uh, through a lot of fall and 
lot of in, like infected beer. Uh, the event <laughs> yeah. And this is like 21 years yeah. ago, right? Yeah, long so before like, yeah. Like, yeah. people yeah. Know, like, everyone knew what they were doing. Yeah, they eventually look, uh, hooked up with Jeffers, who's still part of the company, Jeffers Richards Richardson. Um, he was the original brewmaster, and he developed the recipe for the Double Barrel Ale, which is our flagship. So that beer is over 21 years old now. Damn. Yeah, and then uh, eventually uh, they bought, what was it, Silvery? Wait, San Luis? They bought a brewery in Paso Robles, and then that was about 17 years slow ago. Brew. Yeah, it was Slow yeah, Brew. Slow and uh, Matt Brindelson, who was our current brewmaster, was there trying to keep the beer alive after the bank like foreclosed on that brewery. Matt would still go in and try to keep his beer alive, and then David and Adam bought the location, and they found Matt, and they're like, "What the? Like, what's this guy doing? Like, what do you mean you're trying to save the beer?" And that I think that's when they really like changed the direction of the brewery, mm. having somebody so knowledgeable, like and passionate, like Matt, that's cool. and then David and Adam being really great businessmen, and David himself just being very personable, like. He basically is the representation of the Firestone brand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then, you know, over time, like Evan was saying earlier, uh, we're basically kind of not trendsetters, but, you know, we just make really great beer. Like people. Oh, trendsetters. Go, go in and own that. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's the truth. I mean, it's like anything that we've done, we've done well. Like one of our, our latest big hits has been 805. It's our biggest selling beer. It's just our Blonde Ale, yeah, but we do it great. It's starting to outsell Corona, Modelo, hitting the Latino market, which I'm super excited about. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, and there is a lot of people that come through and they're like, why, why aren't you part of these trends? It's like, because they're, you know, they're like the the godfathers, not the forefathers per se, but the godfathers of brewing and staying alive in this industry. They, They survived the first dip, you know, they're not Sierra Nevada, but they're definitely up there. I mean, they're... So many people are so stoked. Like I often forget about it. Like I went to Green Cheek on Friday when we right. released the collaboration, right. and like Evan, the brewer there, was just super stoked that he got a brew with Matt. And yeah. I always forget. It's like, oh yeah, he's like the rock star. Yeah. But like to me, Evan, yeah. he's a freaking rock star. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. So it's like when you know. I mean, I admire him. He's a great brewer. And for you know, when you see that, and same thing with like Bree Weavers, we did a collaboration. Uh, Matt came down and did a collaboration with Alex. Yeah. She was super excited. She was like, my life goal was to brew with Firestone. It's like, you forget that these great brewers that are part of this brewery right. in LA and Orange County, like Matt is like their beyond of influential brewers. True. And that's amazing, you know? That's so cool. it's, it's super important, but we, there's been a lot of criticism lately, like why we don't do the hazies. And when you think about it, like your best selling beer isn't gonna be necessarily hazy IPA if you're on a larger system like we are. Yeah. If, if we did, if we did a hazy, it would beautiful? it would be like a, it would be made down here, and yeah. it would be very limited, and it would be like, and then I also think that in part, like we don't want to be competing with like Monkish and Mumford, like or Highland Park, like these are breweries that we respect as well, even though they're smaller breweries. Why would we want to compete with them? We're gonna stay true to ourselves. Yep. So that's the other thing. It's like it's so easy to jump on a bandwagon, and it's like ah, oh, I have to make a hazy, but. I think Matt very much sticks to his his idealism of what he thinks a good beer should be. Well, well if I could chime in, because I, I think that's a really good point that you make, which is sticking to what you're great at. You know, and I think, you know, brewers focus on being great at a style or being great mm-hmm. at something. So to that point, um, you know, I was talking to Alex, like, uh, I think it might have been a few months ago, and she was like, I am so happy that I could just go to my neighborhood brewery, Firestone, 
and get a pint. Like, right. like, like, I mean, she was so proud of that. This is her favorite beer. Right, right. And, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but to hear another brewer speak about you in that light, I thought was really special. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, like, lucky enough and, like, blessed enough, too, that... Uh, that some some breweries are up and coming and starting and have big bills to pay and are right. struggling. Like they sometimes like we got to put out a hazy IPA to pay the bills to bring people in the door. Well, and, like, and, start that's, selling and, pints and, and that's exactly like, what I was going to allude to. We don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Like it is, is that you guys that. are so established, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people do the hazies because they have to. Mm-hmm. To your point, mm-hmm. um, I mean that's a that's a quick you know especially if you have your own canning line right. that's that's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's good to know that there's a place where we can always get our staples. Because in my mind, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like Pliny Elder mm-hmm. is one of my favorite oh, yeah. beers still. Um, and I had the opportunity of talking to Vinny about it, is the process and the consistency over time mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. That's what good brewers do. Yeah. You know? Um, like, Vinny's working with, uh, like, living products. Like, malt and hops are, you know, like... Their, their crops and they change from year to year but Pliny stays the same yeah. you know uh, and that, there's there's not it's not like a trivial thing to mm-hmm. do that you yeah. know? and water source is changing yeah yeah especially yeah. in California but um, I mean one of the things that they, that they built this place for for Firestone is that we can kind of like play around a little bit too you yeah. know so that's what I'm super excited for because you know the, the smallest batch of beer you can make up there is 100 hectares, 85 barrels, like 100 hectares, right. and so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lot, it's a big it's a investment, lot. so here, right. you know, I kind of, I'm able to, like, you know, uh, play a little bit more, possibly make, you know, not, not make some huge mistakes, but we're kind of able to, like, push the boundaries a little bit, and just kind of, you know, we send kegs to our three tap rooms, and see see what people think. Right, um, so everything you make here actually goes to all the, the venues yeah. as well, yeah, and, like, they know, and then it's like, all right, this one's popping, mm-hmm. I think either you had said in the some of the literature I read or David Walker be proud of having an accent I the British guy yeah yeah I felt like literature like the way it's put together you know what I'm saying I don't always speak like I don't even know why I said that I will go with literature thank you thank you so I'm sorry. I, don't even I, 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 I have the amazing <laughs> skill set of just throwing them real quick. You did good. I'm getting used to. I digress. <laughs> um, that like some like if the if something pops off, then you guys can take it to the the Paso Brewery, and then it can be scaled up. Is that how it generally works? Yeah, yeah, that's like, the plan. Has that happened yet, or is it still early days? Well, the whole Leo Viersa series is based on that. So the first first one wasn't pilot brewed here, but we did have it on tap when we opened. Um, but basically the Diversus, which is the second one we still have on tap, that was pilot brewed here as A1. That one came out super juicy, mm. but when they went upscale, like filtered out, they added more Pilsner malt, so it became much more light, lighter body and not as juicy as what we piloted. Right. We just did W1, mm-hmm. which is going to be the, the third one. These are the code names for it? So this is yeah, like well, it's just Le- like Leo pilot Beers. and then one, yeah, so like the okay. letter. Leo gotcha. Beers is like our rotating double IPA series, so like okay. every four months we're coming out with a new double IPA. Is that so the, that's this, this one. stuff? Yeah, that's the, that's the literature. I just have to let you guys know, hey, look, yeah. beer and other shit, uh, viewers and listeners, you gotta understand who these people are. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I mean, I wish, I, I, I'm trying not gonna geek out too much on you guys, but these guys literally set the standard for a lot of beer that is currently being made. I mean, I just, 
No, please. This is why we need to I mean, again, it's, I mean, I fell in love with with craft beer actually through falling in love with the region of Paso Robles. I used to train uh, when I was in the army at Camp Roberts. Gun buddies, thirteen bravos, baby, at board. Um, but but I, I fell in love with the region. I felt. I mean, I would just look at these rolling hills, and I was like, oh my god, it's just. Stunningly beautiful up there. It's insane. Um, I lived up there for two years, so I know exactly what you're talking. So you about. know. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, after I got out the military, I decided to go back out just to you know because I started looking into wine and discovering wine, and just fell in love with that region as far as you know their wine making because they're they're predominantly known for uh, great growing, right? right? And then yep. eventually they're just like. Fuck this! We, you know we're gonna make our own wine, right. and their wineries are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booker, um, freaking—I mean, there are some phenomenal wineries. But it, then I stumbled into craft <laughs> beer, and there's Firestone Walker. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And you go ahead. Man. No, I was gonna ask like for a hippies little, in like, a barn. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, David. If you ever hear this, uh, but I'm sure you would be cool. With I that. hope so. Um, I, I we just don't have access to this in Canada. We're extremely like I think I had one Firestone beer prior to this trip, and it was my mm. friend from Arizona brought it for, for me. So I hadn't like I don't have that context so this is really good to get this from a fellow beer nerd that's outside of it to be like yo these guys are like geez and I, I knew the brand was big I mean I keep OGs like, triple OGs triple OGs like 20 years yeah, old you're like, in Cali now yeah. bro you're in Cali now family you gotta use correct etiquette huh? apologies apologies don't you love the way like gangsters like speak really proper but then super gangster <laughs> like yeah. let me tell you something Switch. excuse me homeboy you gotta get it right give me some water and some beer partner it's like, how do you say all your ERs and then patent I love it. <laughs> I digress. That's a great digression. Patent it. Um, I, I, you guys are distributing in Australia. I, I saw that you yes. guys have made like this big sort of inroads there, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, and, that, and I knew it was kind of like, racist. Um, I know, I tried not to do it because I kept saying to him, Yo, listening to him, actually, the designer of the Dope and Dang logo is an Aussie. Listening to a Sydney dude and a Melbourne dude go at it was like Bloods and Crips. It was like, like I, there was a, a couple of times I almost just accidentally just on purpose hung up because you guys like were starting to go a little hard on me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like thrown at him. Can't be messed with you. That's all. It's, it's, it got all Beer. this slang you mean? Yeah, dude, you guys were going hard. Yeah, no, we went. I mean, it was like all kind of, like I don't even like saying the C word and you guys were just oh, saying it like it was wrong. like, like yeah. it was in the car. Yeah, in the car. You don't even remember. No. Oh my God! It was like I gotta tell you, it was it was, was, was scaring me a little. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from the southeast, and even moving out to California, people say that all the time, and it's like we don't say that. <laughs> oh, you guys are fucked. Well, you, you guys are yeah, 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 I mean, I mean but, yeah. but it was but it was but the, but the, the, the depth of what they were saying. Cunt. Yeah, you. You awesome. You cunt. I was like, oh. I'm like, gee, I'm like, I'm like, you sounded like you met that dude. <laughs> oh, it's always love at all times. Oh my, all times. Yeah, it's pretty real. So you have to go to church after that. Man, yeah, like, I'm gonna yeah, yeah, these dudes, take a shower. These two men would have to knock before they walked into the freaking steeple. Let me tell you that. Oh yeah, we wouldn't let us into that. It gets real. I recognize you. What, what is it? It's a pretty Reckon. accurate Australian. No, it wasn't. I reckon. Okay, beer. <laughs> Back to Talk. beer. So I see you guys are out in Australia, and that was sort of one of my like signifiers. I'm like, oh, these guys are like big, big deal. Um, 
and like it, can you speak to like without like because I know as a, from a fan I can tell there's passion that you guys really did change the game is like can you speak to like specific either styles or beers that, that actually I know you sort of mentioned the, pay, uh, the Pale 31 Pale 31 was like one of the triple OG Pale Ales like is there other ones that like you guys really like pioneered and changed the game with I'd say Union Jack would be one of them. Yeah. Just our like yeah. old school uh, British style just IPA, British IPA, uh, West Coast. Yep. Yeah, oh, West, West Coast IPA. Yeah, um, but DBA is a British D- pale ale. Yeah, oh, DBA is okay. like a British pale ale. Yeah. Um, Anything, or even from your perspective, like mm-hmm. this is everybody. Like, cause it, what, what, what do you when you think of Firestone and you well, think? Well, you know, like the Wookie Jack too, just, yeah, like the Black Rye IPA. The this is the shit. If you don't know about this, Actually, you know about it now. That is the recent. So that one's a super, mm. super coolest it's like concept. Single hop. Single hop. It's not single hop, but basically every four months we it's the same base every same time base beer. base beer, and then every four months we're changing up the hop profile. It's delicious. Kind of, so it's like a. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes we'll be like, now we're just using Mich- like you know, there's a lot of new hop growers out in Michigan. So mm-hmm. so this rev will be like, all right, we're just using Michigan, or we're just like using Australian, Australian or right. you know, um, and uh, yeah, we're just trying our like experimental stuff. That, uh, you know, they go up to Yakima and like different places do hop rubs, and we mm-hmm. kind of like put our, oh, yeah. put our money down on lots and stuff, and we'll, we'll try them out. And so, so let me ask great. you guys: do something that I think is is really great in terms of collaborating with other breweries that might be up and coming that might. You know, have little young superstars of brewing in there. Um, do you feel like that's just what you're supposed to do? I mean, you know, I think uh, Mickler does it a lot as well. You know, everywhere they go, that is the first thing you see them doing is running to collaborate, and I think that is that is amazing. You know, I, I really appreciate that. If you could speak on that a bit, I don't think that's something that we feel like compel or like that we're supposed to do at all. I think like you, you get down and you have a brewery, and the first thing you want to do is go hang out with other brewers and yeah. do shit and brew beer. I think you know. 90% of us started as like home brewers and stuff. Um, and let's see what that is. So it, I think. <laughs> is, 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 yeah. Are you CIP? Are you CIP right now? What's that? CIP? Uh, clean. Clean. Oh, because that's brewery terms. Cleaning air time. Very well. I think um, the other thing too is like with Matt, uh, our brewmaster, he's a super friendly guy. So like mm-hmm. I asked him for instance, I asked him for the story with how he became friends with uh, Logan Plant from Bevo. I was like, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Because they came and they did a, the Bevo was pilot brewed here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, how did you meet Logan Plant, Robert Plant's son? Yeah, like yeah. how did that happen? Wow. He was just saying he was in London or something. You know who he is? Robert Plant, the dude from like the rock, oh, uh, rock Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. His his son that has thing. a brewery, Beaver Town, in London. Oh, he owns, oh no shit. Yeah, I love they, yeah. And we did a collab. He came here. He's a very nice person. And they did a collaboration here last like May, I think. Um, and I was like, Matt, how did you meet this man? Like, how did you meet this person? And he was talking about how he was in London and he was schmoozing at some sort of conference, and he like runs into him, and it's just like this kind of a weird. Like you just start talking right. and you're like, hey man, like you wanna, and then you keep in touch and then you're like, hey, I, I think I wanna do a cool thing. Do you wanna do a cool thing with me? And then he does it. Like how he just brewed with yeah. Evan from Green Cheek. It's yeah. like he right. knew him probably from Noble because yeah. he was there first. And then he's just like, then just in communication. I mean, he's this person where so many people look up to him and kind of I like, you know, put him on a different level, but right. he's down to earth guy, you know? And it's just like, if you talk to him, I'm sure like you'd run into him and eventually you guys farther down the line we'll probably do a collaboration so, yeah. by the way dope and dope collaborations that's the next movement get ready y'all 
I'm saying, it's got to be a problem. David, let's do it, man. <laughs> Come on. All right, so I get a question about David. It's it, uh, it's like myth and truth, or I don't know. I mean, myth buster. Yeah. No. I mean, his hair is beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Anyway. It's magical. Uh, a, myth, a myth that I've heard about the legend of David Walker. Um, I heard that he forgets no one's name. I think <laughs> She's like, mm. I think it's, I, I want to say it's true a lot of the time, but not all <laughs> Does he have like a little magical name elf that like stays like by his side? He'll probably be stare at you yeah. for a while and then he'll remember, or like play it off very well like he did remember it. He's but. charming as hell. Yeah, he is. The dude is like, He's you know. He's yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. He, he's ridiculous. I had the pleasure of meeting him at a panel of So You Want to Be a Brewer um, at about two years ago. Brewer, right? Yeah. I mean, and I was, come on, you know, I was right there. Oh, I was, hell yeah. I was right there just picking it all up. Um, but I had a great opportunity to, to actually speak with him, tell him who I am and what my mission is with Dope and Dank. And he, he like, you know, let me finish having this conversation. He came right back, like, so what's up, Tio? Like, tell me about it. And he sat there and listened to me and gave me his, 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 all of his attention. And I thought that was really commendable for someone of his status. Yeah. Um, but with that said, on the panel, and this kind of speaks to what you're saying, um, even about Matt, everyone on the panel, when they were like, well, tell us about your, the beer that is special to you and the brewer and the brewery, like it, everyone was remiss without bringing up Firestone Walker. It was just kind of like it was like a total love fest. It was it was mm -hmm. funny, um, but but it, you know you know to see him kind of get you know a little embarrassed sitting up there. But um, it was a testament to I think what you guys do. Um, and, and it, are we no, good? We're good. No, we're okay. Are we good? Yeah, to make sure those still working. <laughs> good I can testing. double check. One two one two. Oh, do we one, have two. a hot stop at five at all? Still, that's still a thing. We can go. No, Ooh, uh, okay, uh, so, so no, there's still a few more things we'll cover, and then we have a lightning round. So yes, a uh, oh. couple of quick questions. Now, again, I've always wanted to ask and make sure that the world knows. Yes. Uh, we are in Venice, California, um, and, and I, I'd be remiss without bringing up the diversity thing. You brought up something really interesting was the 805 and mm -hmm. what's happening in terms of the Mexican community accepting that. I think it has to do with one of the fact that it's so California. I think mm -hmm. it was branded and marketed that way. Um, if you could talk about one, being in Venice, and two, um, what it means to have other cultures and other communities outside of just the traditional hipster, bearded white guy community um, to embrace Firestone Walker and, and how you feel about that. Venice story. and culture. I have a story. Oh, I'll start with culture. So I think I told you this story. So the first time I meet, met David Walker was six-ish years ago. And uh, it was me and my two lady friends. We were like three beer drinking girls. And we met David finally at 38 Degrees in Alhambra. Wow. And uh, so Clay, who's the GM or whatever there at the time, brought him over. And he just looked at us. He's like, what? Yeah. And he's just like three Latina, like 20-ish year old women, fans of his beer. And he was right. so confused. He's like, I don't understand. Right. He's like. I expected to see like a 40 year old bearded white man yeah. and I was like fair enough and he's just like this is giving me a lot to think about like he never thought <laughs> yeah. that the people drinking his beer were anything out of that stereotype. Are you speaking about David? You know, David, okay. David Walker, mm -hmm. yeah. So in, in light of that like I, I mean the entire time I've been paying attention to the beer community it's very much been the case that it's male dominated. Mm -hmm. It's very much just Caucasian dominated. Mm -hmm. But especially in LA. The watch! 
So, what's okay. what's awesome about LA is that like all these breweries that you know up and coming like indie and mm. arts history, like you see like there's Latina brewers yeah. first and foremost. Breezy, what up, girl? <laughs> and Monica at uh, Yo, Mumford. Yeah. And then um, and then you're just seeing like you see people that you wouldn't expect drinking beer just because of the fact that there's a lot of different cultures. Like you see, yeah. I see a lot of like Hispanic people drinking beer that I was just like they're just hanging out. You know, it's just you're going to your local brewery. Progress really yep. plays into that. They're in, South Almoni, basically a Hispanic-dominated community, the majority of people that drink there are, like, Hispanic I mean, what truth be told, you stand in some of these can lines, of which they just had a release right now. Yeah. It's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, people got jobs. Monkish? Yeah, uh, yeah, freaking monkish, right? I mean, jobs. they're great. They're bomb. Don't get me wrong, but damn. I got to work. I got to talk to people. Yeah. Um, at any rate, in these lines, I mean, you're talking about, like, over 50% you know, Mexican, Latino, mm-hmm. beer drinkers, craft beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a really special thing that I'm not sure is getting enough light. You know, I think um, that, you know, they're, they're championing this industry. They're, they're absolutely championing it. Um, so just to acknowledge it, I think it is really cool. Because when you look at the, the significance of this, and, and I'll pass the mic back to you after this, but if you look at the significance of big beer specifically spending millions of dollars to keep people of color in a box. Very specifically. They don't do that for anybody else except for maybe lower income, white people, you know, in the Midwest, Lone Star, other beers like that. But very specifically, the 40 ounce was created for people of color to abuse, period. So I just think it's a really special thing to see this community, one, gravitate to craft beer and, you know, again, what do you feel like? Do you feel like there is a reach back? Do you feel like there is acknowledgement from craft beer and or Firestone Walker in that in that movement? I think I, the way that I see it is that it's very cheesy to think about it that way. It's like it's it's like it doesn't see color, you know, like beer mm-hmm. doesn't. It, like people are just it's like the, the beer is made for the consumer. The consumer can be whoever it wants. Mm-hmm. But I think that over time, there's been a lot of like pigeonholing like mm. oh only this kind of person think, drinks this beer and that's what the the market tells you the market research tells you so that's what you focus on and now especially with this beer community that we're developing in LA you're seeing that it's not the case it's yeah. just like this one hipster bearded guy that's drinking your beer it's everybody yeah. it's women it's men it's like all kinds like especially you know you mentioned Stone Pastina that was just like what the people that would show up there on a Friday night because <laughs> the range of super everything. range like right. gay community, every ethnicity, tourists. You Yo, know, you just I, saw I met the dude that drives the Mars Rover. Oh, I forget. I mean, he's the like Caltech, this, yeah, the JPL oh. people. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 and and he's a little Mexican kid with a mohawk. Mm-hmm. He's the dude that like drives the freaking Mars Rover on Mars, on Mars, oh, drinking crap beer, geeking out with all of us. That's sick. Would that be drinking and driving? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I think there is like I think maybe it's the fact that it doesn't seem like there's an inclusion but there is mm. like anytime I go to any brewery around town I see the diversity and whatever but I think that because for the longest time it was dominated by like white guys yeah. mm. it's just taking a lot to like kind of shake that stereotype True. you know like pink boot society getting like women mm. and it's just like i follow them and it's just like they do so much so for much. the outreach 
with and then they come to LA and they're like, what do you mean like half of the breweries have a female brewer yeah, on staff? So Not dope. just a, a female like in, a, the, like in the in the staff, the yeah. like yeah. in the tasting yeah. room, but like literally like um, his assistant brewer is one of uh, the lady bartenders that we have here and she was like yeah. one of the first female brewers for Firestone, which is rad. But then it takes you back, it's like well, why is that? Like, yeah. why did it take so long? Right. But it's like you're. It's, it's. I think it's a complicated issue. Yeah. Maybe, and it's just maybe that like people didn't feel like they're included, but they have been because beers just kind of naturally. Well, 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 I think it comes down to exposure. Simple as that. You know, again, if you can go to a store in a three mile radius of where you live and you have a craft option, mm -hmm. you might be curious about it. Or a brewery, you might be curious about it. If that is zero, if you have zero craft, if you have zero breweries, zero tap rooms, how would you know about it? Mm -hmm. yeah. how, how would you discover it? You know, and that's been my argument. And that's why when I do dope and dank events, I'll do it in the back of a barbershop. I'll do it in the back of a streetwear line. I'll do it somewhere where it's not because it's not in the grocery stores, which takes me to a point of distribution um, in terms of, of what you all are able to do. You all will be there. You know, you'll be maybe the sole person. Maybe there'll be a golden road, which we know why. Um, but, but but I'm curious of, of of what are you doing things more to be available in communities that wouldn't have your beer otherwise? Um, I honestly see 805 billboards all over South Central and East LA. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the first times since I live in East LA, I saw like David was on a billboard it was just like a generic fire yeah. billboard and I was like what the <laughs> I mean I know but I'm like what yeah. but now like it's like liquor stores all over they'll have like the 805 branding even around yeah. here Mar Vista was before it started to get gentrified it was predominantly like lower middle class mm. uh, people of color and you just go to these liquor stores and, and you can see like at least 805, I think that's like the gateway Firestone beer. Mm -hmm. But I have plenty of people like they get stuck on the Pivo Easy Jack, like yeah. it's just awesome. But it, you're right, it's like, how do you introduce this? And I think that part of it is like, you start off with something like 805 because that's familiar. Right. And it's like when someone asks you for something that's like a Budweiser or a Corona, it's not exactly the same, but it's the closest that we got. Right. And it changes people's palate. It, it does. Two other things too, I mean like, Another thing is we couldn't even sell all the beer that we were making outside of the Central Coast for the longest time. Wow. So even to get down here, we had to expand, and then we just had to expand again. Right. And so like, now that we actually have enough, we can make enough beer to get into supermarkets and mm -hmm. grocery stores, you know, and like gas stations and all that, like right. all over, you know, and then with the marketing aspect, and then a big part of that whole puzzle is like this place too, you know, so getting into like the LA beer scene, a big part of that was like building a place in right. LA where people like you guys can come and like drink Firestone beer and have like, you know, that experience with us. And uh, it took a long and, like, time too. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, I remember, yeah. I mean, you guys were maybe 50% there when I met David. And uh, like, dude, it, it's a testament to how difficult it still is, I think for a lot of people in Los Angeles to open a brewery. Um, but the city makes it hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like permitting and then like we repurpose the building so that's like a whole other slew of like red tape you have to go through it's crazy that's why a lot of people end up going to the industrial areas or just outside of the city that's why orange county breweries do so well because they don't have the same kind of limitations oh even more so they have incentives yeah, yeah. And, and that's what a lot of people i think are starting to realize is people are seeing like oh my god like people are making beer locations, destination mm -hmm. locations, which is why, 
you know, these cities are, are, are really starting to plan for, which is great, you know, because I'm all for local beer. Um, which, and I'm curious, um, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit um, uh, in other podcasts, but if you could talk about, um, because I know a lot of people are going to get exposure to beer and other shit uh, because <laughs> of Dope and Dank, and because right. you're sitting here with, with an amazing uh, brew team, um, if you could talk about what you're seeing in Toronto mm-hmm. as far as, uh, or, um, you know, Montreal, um, or Australia even, about local beer and the idea of local beer um, like you're seeing it maybe here it's a really good question I'm seeing the the passion at a place like in a, in a city like LA is like I love in the states in general I'm seeing we just did Michigan over the summer uh, we do Vermont and now we've done Cali and I'm just noticing that every city or at least state like they're wrapped for themselves so hard for local beer like Michigan's been, go, no I don't see anyone go harder than Michigan they yeah. love their <laughs> shit like yeah. <laughs> with a crazy passion and I'm seeing that that that's what I think we're sort of talking about what the the future of um, like uh, beer because it's uh, right now they say it's kind of coming into a bit of a dip or it's like plateaued a little it's going to come to a dip and then some of the not so good ones like we were talking about before they're gonna they're not gonna last mm-hmm. um, so in a place like Toronto and Montreal like I'm seeing it's a huge push towards local beer they're mm. obsessed with it um, the, yeah in, independently because the Quebec guys Quebec is a French province so like the the francophones versus like the anglophone Canadians in uh, mm. Ontario so Bloods like, and Crips again exactly the same yeah. thing it's a whole other it's actually a separate <laughs> Yeah. Just Different like, language. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, they're same. I think kind of like more militant. I know Cali wanted to separate because of the whole Trump thing, but like Quebec actually had two referendums to try and, that I'm aware of, that they tried to separate. Like they really are not having this Canada business. It's very funny. Canada um, business. So, like, Angry the, Can- Canadians? What? I know. It's like one of the only ones. We've had yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. We right. want our grass two inches high. <laughs> They could do that. But yeah, they're, they're really doing that too. They're really, really doing, they're moving into... So, so what like, style right now would you say is kind of driving? I feel like, okay, so we were like, I feel like because we're the traveling beer nerds, my co-host Scott and I, and, and guys like... Apple, what up, Scott, by the way? I'm so, actually yeah. sitting in Scott's seat. Dude, yeah. he's amazing. Yeah, he's the chief. He's he's the he, he really wants to meet and uh, hang out with everyone. But so he, um, why did I bring that up? No, style. we travel. That's right, we travel. And uh, a lot of people don't, so we were trying, we are going to Vermont and all these different places and trying the, the trendy, hazy stuff and then or whatever, or just getting access to the crazy beers from, from America, the states that we don't have access to there. It's an invisible line, but Quebec has zero American beers outside of AB InBev. Mm-hmm. And um, Ontario has whatever, it's called the LCBO, it's government controlled. You can't just go to a convenience store or a supermarket and buy beer. It's a nanny state. They've got these two government controlled stores. And then they sold one of them called the beer store to uh, I believe AB and Bev owns it and, and Sapporo and a few other people so it's completely biased both of these ways so it's really hard to get access to it so then mm. because of that um, the the neighborhood brew pub thing something like this where you've got the bottle shop just across the street there where people can come in sit at the tap room have a few beers have you know, have a flight have some snacks and then get something to go and that's the model that isn't as common in Quebec for I think it's legal reasons they just don't have the zoning or something but in Toronto it's everywhere like and mm, that's awesome. what's up and they're so passionate and I'm seeing a lot of that movement towards local beer here like everyone here like even everyone can answer the uh, lightning round questions you're always mm. like what's your favorite place for beer and I know you mean it though mm. like you're not just saying it because it's like oh, I'm from here I'm proud really? even if it's something mm. beer here has been like A1 for from a foreigner so A1 like sauce <laughs> Barbecue style, yeah, it's really good. I, I'm really like it's so. so but, but what style? 
Uh, right now, that's super popular in the beard now uh, is the hazy stuff. For really? Sure. Oh yeah. Even there too. Like, but it took a while to catch on, and now they're all doing it, and a lot of them are doing it really well. Mm. Surprise! So it actually Good. made me like. I was like, I'm not. A, I wasn't coming here before I tried the beer. I was. Uh, I don't care about bringing stuff back. Like I'll drink as much there as possible, mm. but. I don't really care because I've got enough good stuff there. And I never would have been able to say that before this year. Right. Like Canadian beer is always really, really good. Now I'm like, it's world class for sure. Awesome. So it's super. That's cool awesome. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so it's definitely worth. Like you know, any Americans listening and watching, it is worth the trip now. Like there is enough. You're food. that American. <laughs> hey, we got some yeah. good beer. <laughs> get yes, away, indeed. Get away from Trump for a weekend. You know. Um, I think I want to do the lightning round. You guys ready for that? Are you ready? Lightning sure. round. The lightning round. Questions that we are supposed to be answered first, but more often than not, Take, answered lengthily. Turn into, time. Turn into <laughs> another 45 minutes. All right. So uh, first one is your guilty pleasure beer. Ooh, Something you might be uh, embarrassed ooh. to admit to another. Uh, admit, every, we've, we've gotten some okay. really good people c- coming out, coming clean. So go and spill it. Like, my, my, mine's, uh, I'm not to say mine's Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> we, used wow. to, we used to do these things with my buddies where uh, we'd ice each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're serious? And, oh, yeah. shit! And secretly, you have to get on the knees. You have to get on the knees. Yeah. And, so, uh, and so secretly, they'd be like, alright, that's not so bad. <laughs> but uh, at our the Christmas party two years ago, the Firestone Christmas party, I was like a brand new, I was like the newest employee, and we were doing this uh, elephant, like, gift thing. Yeah, or, uh, pink elephant, I think it's called. Elephant. White elephant. elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Try to give it a little pigment. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, a little melanin. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, we're all, like, picking gifts, and uh, one of the guys is like, hey, Evan, pick that one. And of course, I'm like, oh, sure, I'll pick, yeah, you know, what could go wrong? And I open up, it's just a giant Smirnoff ice, and so I look, and, like, there's my boss, and my boss's boss. There's, like, you know, Matt <laughs> Reynolds and all the people I've been brewing with, and I'm, I'm like, a month in, you know, I just no, get like, down on one knee and chug it. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's no so one's ever said delicious. that. It's sweet and delicious. Smirnoff ice. Wow, that's... That's yeah. Hey, Damn. That, yeah, that, that, that's you like old sixty-eight-year-old woman. Y'all, y'all ask. What man? What yeah? To live it. Yeah, man. Y'all welcome. I'm gonna have to say it's probably like Mexican lagers, like Modelo or Corona. Yeah. Especially Mexican. like if I if yeah. I go to a concert or something and it's like Corona or Budweiser. No, I mean, do, even though it's kind of the same time. thing, I'll get. No, Corona. it's not the same thing at all. I don't. Well, I mean, ownership wise. I think about that, but then at some point, it's like. It's like I can yeah. pay or yeah, if you gotta give your money yeah. over for someone, do you wanna give it to the devil or like the lesser devil? The lesser devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I usually go to the lesser devil. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a ballpark beer guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tend to like to go with the the beer that is in that ballpark. If I'm in Colorado, I'm probably yeah. gonna have a quarter's like right. you know, and but you know, again, proximity, you know, and it it it, it and it it sucks, but then I'm. But then I look at the difference also, and this is kind of where pricing does kind of make a little bit of a difference. It's like, would it be maybe a eight dollar, sixteen ounce, you know, beer versus the craft option that's there that'll be like fifteen dollars? I'm like, god dang, you know, for so us. You go the the macro over the craft. Option? Oh no, I just go fresh. I, I go fresh. I go local. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, I like that. Um, beer you would decline under any circumstances. So you go to a barbecue, you didn't bring your six pack of Pivo pills. Someone's so like, hey, one. take one of these. And you'd be like, ah, oh, you got any water? Let me smell on fire. Any malt liquor. PBR for you? I hate PBR. Any, any malt liquor. I don't give a shit what it is. How do you make these? craft? Fuck that. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Technically, older that's, than that's, actually the first, that's actually the first beer I ever had. I still even have the the cap to it. 
Make to my it. first uh-huh. beer. I've, I've had this voice ever since I was like 12. So I was clearly the guy that they said. That's sending in like, yeah, hey yeah, guys. Don't even, yeah, you know, just like, old man. Balls dropping. You got, yeah, dude, why? I got cussed out by many of moms asking for like homework in the sixth grade. Like, can I get homework? You mother, call them my daughter. Why that shit is Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. I got many of cussings out. I'm sorry, man. We'll talk about over some beers later. Sorry. Uh, what do you got there? Uh, Lefty Blonde. I hate it so much. Lefty <laughs> Blonde? Oh, Did you have a bad yeah. experience? Or like it was... I just, it's Belgian blondes are just like, it's Not like, nah. I don't, That's I mean, fair. out of all the Belgians, like, this is my least favorite. Mm. Interesting. Okay. That's an interesting answer. Yeah. You but guys of course, Lefty is now owned by InBev, so I guess I don't feel too oh, bad. Oh, they bought him out? <laughs> Probably. Thank you for telling me, because I didn't know. Um, um, yeah, no, no, cool. Yeah. You I mean, got, oh no, sorry, you didn't answer. I'm sorry. I was like, stuff. Don't worry about it. I know. Yeah. Oh. Maybe a double will be spread off too. <laughs> maybe just we don't we don't have to go into all this, but maybe just like a if, just because it still hurts so bad. But if someone handed me like a wicked weed beer, oh, I mean, like, I'm oh. Oh. What if it was? Yeah. Doesn't it hurt? Like it's so fresh still. Yeah. Well, see, I'm from like Georgia, so when mm. we like you know a long time ago when they were first coming up, like that was the only place we could get sour beer. So that was like a trip we'd drive, you know, like three and a half, four hours to it's Asheville tough. to do that. And that was like the, the, the trip we'd make. And what so. if it's, uh, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate because I yeah. feel the same way, but what if it's one of the ones that, because they're sour beers there, what if they were, it was in works before the, the sale, therefore that beer technically was brewed by an independent brewery. So it's funny you say that because when that sale happened, I went and took all the beers that I had you know, from Wicked Weed, and was like, these are all made before, and we just drank them all. Yeah, right? so no, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't untap it. Don't put on untap it. So, 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 so actually, actually, I have a small yeah, question if you don't mind me asking. Because, and this is a question that I talk about with a lot of people, which is the fine line of being micro and macro. And you all, obviously, are on the cusp, you know, of getting fairly large you know so like where like how do you deal with that conversation when people are like you know you're just too large you're not craft anymore and ownership like like where, where does it Let's see so for, a tricky one. for me the line gets drawn when um i still think that the the, the better that firestone is still an advocate for craft beer yeah and more people are getting like people who start drinking 805 like who are getting into craft beer then they start drinking everyone else's craft beer. Mm, yeah. And I think that that's, uh, like, that can be a distinction where other places like AB InBev are trying to push down craft beer, yeah. you know, and keep it down. We're, you know, trying to still advocates that, of, like... that bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still trying to bring bring it up. It's but, cool. Uh, we're, you know, we're not, like, subsidizing our material costs so that we could make 805 cheaper than everyone else so that people buy 805 it's you know, huge you know we're not like uh we're not trying to man- and also like we're not manipulating our customers to believe that they're buying something that they're not actually yeah buying. which is cool so i think you know this i saw not, 805 macro billboards macro in the city just like i saw in um santa barbara and, and, and to me that is you yeah, know it, when we talk about like beer just being beer and beer not being race or beer but what are you doing man sorry our friend how you dare to, you just trying to tell tiff hey tiff hey. That's Adriana. Oh, no. oh, oh, you say hi to Tim. Oh, hey, Adriana. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what up? Um, yeah, yeah, but, but but I see it consistent. I see it, and that's huge to me, you know, so to hear that perspective and that point of view is, I think, important. But but again, for the people that say you're too big now, 
you know, I mean, does that, I mean, what, how do you even deal with that argument? I think there's a lot, I mean, especially like handling social media, like there are so, there are so many haters out there over anything. Like they'll yeah. like get on us for not making hazies, for changing our bottle sizes for our vintages. And there's always going to be these crit critics, mm. but I think that there's a lot more of, um, loyal fans that back us up than there are those haters yeah because like there's this one dude he's like a troll on facebook he's always like making mention of the duval thing right. like, what was that thing uh the partnership that we have with duval morgat um so he's always like oh well duval owns you it's like well not technically and you right. know there's like technicalities with everything but it's like there's always going to be those people that like criticize like your business moves and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But then when you listen to like the owners say like what their reasoning is for it, it's still keeping it like in a family like business kind of situation, right. making sure that all your employees are treated like family and like not selling out for the bigger money. You know, that's that's actually one of the things that I think beer before glory is supposed to signify. Like we're not going to compromise the beer by doing something just so we can make more money right. right you know it's always a beer first like with right. anything like the beer comes first and i think that that is really important yeah and i think that is a very i think it's something that might be overlooked by some people that choose to be haters but i do know that the positive vibes out there outweigh any of those negative absolutely tools, yeah. which i always thought was awesome because there's always people that will back us up just because they've been loyal fans for so many years because we've yeah. been established for so long you know and i think like it's just one of those things it's just these bigger breweries that have been around for so long they're still just trying to maintain themselves like stone for instance like, right. like we'll never sell out you know we want this we want that mm. but there's always going to be compromise to trying to keep your business afloat the right. bigger that you get and that's just the reality of so you guys good right now it's, 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 okay yeah, i got i got two thumbs up you guys yeah. <laughs> yeah, i mean because it is heartbreaking um to see your favorite brewery um you know, again, like like, like Lagunitas for a lot of people yeah. um, was kind of like a, a pillar. And then it was just like, you know, you saw one leg break and then you saw the other and you're just like, Ugh. I you feel know. like, is it like judged differently? Like, I think the my understanding, maybe you guys have a different perspective. If, if it's not AB, it's kind of okay. Maybe Constellation's not the greatest yeah. either. The, 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 that was the turning point. It was when Ballast Point got bought out by Constellation. Mm. That's when people were like, oh, it's okay. They're like, it's not that bad. That's, that was like literally where right, yeah. all the people that were hate, 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 like, fuck Old Road, this, that, right, the other. Right. When Constellations bought Ballast Point, they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, it's fine. You know, and it's. And, well, 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 some people would argue that Constellation is just like A&B, but international. Exactly. So they're still doing those shady tactics to try and crush and down and push down. Yeah, in some ways. I, I mean, that's what some people believe, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it, and it's just. I think in, at the end of the day, it just comes down to how people just perceive certain things. And a lot of people just make exceptions sometimes. Like people mm. are making exceptions for Wicked Weed because they're like, oh, but they're still making quality product. And then other people are like, but it's the principle. Mm. You know, it's right. the principle of the matter of them selling out, you know. Mm. Like Golden Road, everybody kind of knew that that's where they were heading. Right. They wanted to be that big beer business. And um, that one actually didn't hurt the most, but I think it was like... Right. Because everybody saw it was coming, right. but I think some of the tactics that they're using now are, are shady. You know, as yeah. all yeah. over the place, like trying to claim LA beer, like it's gonna. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did now. that first yeah. season with Viceland. I lost a lot of sleep over it. Um, in my opinion, 
I did it because no one in my community, no one black was talking about homebrewing at all. There's still not a lot of, a lot of people mm -hmm. talking about homebrewing because I think that's a solve for diversity, a huge yeah. solve for diversity in craft beer. The more you understand it, the more you know you can make it in your kitchen, mm -hmm. the more the community are going to start sharing it and so on and so forth. But to that point, no one was doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, when the second season came around and they wanted me to dig a little deeper into diversity in communities, I was like, yeah, I can't do it. Uh, it just wasn't something I was, I was open to. Um, but, but to that point, everyone saw it coming. You know, every, everybody, you know, it would, you know, I mean, John Carpenter was one of the first that was like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, and that dude is, is amazing, you know, with regards to, and I talk about that dude all the time. I know, you owe me some beer. Yeah, every single yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. not because he's like the you. shit. Where is he now? Where's he bringing? <laughs> He, he, was he here at Angel some, City? Some, he, he was at Angel City, then he was helping Dry River out, and now he's in like Honduras making a Whoa. brewery or something. I, it's yeah. fucking John, the Hobbit <laughs> of Magical <laughs> Beer. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for even having a position because I was curious yeah. about that because you guys are that, that, you know, you're much larger than most independent brewery so yeah. and, and you do have the Duval the Duvel scenario as a part of the equation so thank yeah, you for, for having a position on it yeah I mean yeah good no I was gonna say we took you know I like to think of it as us you know we took 10 years to go from 3,000 barrels to 30,000 barrels and then we took another 10 years to go from 30,000 barrels to 300,000 barrels mm. so the slow growth the slow grind yeah I think it was, you know like the real grind it wasn't money thrown at anything it was good beer sold to yeah, I mean, I think you don't defendants. think that the, the founding people who started this company didn't put their time in, you know. Yeah, and, you right. know, and it's still not like you know, sold out to the right. But like, once again, I think it comes back like with its consolation and say, "AB are the devil." Yeah, like right. who cares? So it's like oh, it's a family of, of breweries that are owned by Duvall. So what? Like, like what's the problem? Well, as even far with as, like, like consolation, yeah. when they bought Ballast Point, they're like, "Oh, nothing's gonna change." Then over the course of like a year or two, a they like right? yeah, they took like all their their main people were kicked out. The same thing that happened with like Legion, like all these other breweries that were bought out by InBev, they're like, nothing's gonna change. And then their whole like board changed, like whoever was in charge. And like, to speak to how well, like the owners are involved in the company, like Adam Firestone was literally here yesterday. Mm. He like came and went back to Paso all in a day because he had to take care of business. And this is like, he will show up, Dave will show up. They're still the owners of the company. Matt is also considered one of the owners, which is, probably why he's still around because they they included him to make sure that he's treated the way right. he should be treated right. as basically the reason where they are where they are um, but I think that shows the quality of the business itself and it's like if you have somebody that bought out a brewery and then all of a sudden they take out the people that are basically like the driving force behind it the mm. heart the people that built it then that kind of starts to deter what that company was right. You know, it's just like if you take away, you know, it's like if, if Duval had come in and then David and Adam just disappeared, which I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. But at this point, that's not happening that I've seen. Mm. Um, I think that really speaks truly to how how this the partnership really is. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, it's 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 one, it's one thing, you know, a lot of the answer when we talk about culture and communities and communities of color, like most craft beer people will give me the answer of, well, beer is just beer. But when I tell you, almost every major brewery that we're talking about, Big Beer, has reached out to me. And it's like, hey, we see what you're doing. We love what you're doing. Hey, how can we do something together? And it kills me. I'm just like, I'm just like, why do I get this 
beer is just beer, you know, uh, thing from craft. Mm-hmm. But yet, I have a, you know, I, I, I got emails in my inbox right now, you know, that are like, come on, let's talk. And I have to say no. Even though that, you know, so I mean, that's a bit and stuff right now, but but I mean, that's my reality. I'm not sure about how many people know that. I don't really air it out often, but it's it's a it's a thing, you know, that, like people do see, people mm-hmm. do watch and they pay attention because they know, you know. But do you think that they would just be using you for like a good end for themselves? In a way, in, in a way, but, but when you have someone that's authentically trying to represent the community and direct them to something that's authentic and honest, um, I think there's merit in that. You know, I, th- I think there's merit in that when you have a machine that's doing it just to get their dollars. You know, so so my thing is you have a, a contingency or you have people, you have champions. My, my thought is, you know, instead of just assuming like, you know, all they're gonna want is free beer and stuff, that they say, hey look, we got champions, let's see what we could do to mm-hmm. collaborate because we don't have the bandwidth to do it. We don't have the marketing budgets. Let's just actually see what's going on, so. There, there's a, I think there's a lot of people out there like me now that mm-hmm. that are, that understand the truth of what craft beer is. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful community. It's progressive and it's about community. You know, so yeah, working with those big brands, people like us, like in them, the craft beer media would essentially like remove all the like good we're trying to do to like spread the word about craft beer. Mm-hmm. And then we like if an AB company follows that, else what are you supposed to do? Like, luckily in Canada we've got I can think of three that have been bought out maybe four or something mm-hmm. that I would consider talking about or talking to and uh, like we don't really have that one time one of them sent us stuff and I, it did include them in a video and a few people like messaged me about it like did you know I'm like yeah I knew but I, in hindsight I actually have done that and I won't, we won't do that again but like we don't have that problem that you guys have because there's like however many now what 20 plus or something there's like a lot yeah. that that but then I don't think those breweries are, I mean, I guess they are reaching out to you. They don't reach out to us. Well, what an interesting thing about it, and another reason that I kind of, you know, was able to, you know, have peace with that first Viceland Golden Road thing was I have to also consider that most that, that most beer drinkers in the world are not beer nerds. They may not be, you know, beer, and, and I am a person who is attempting to build a bridge. And so if I don't start from a place where people recognize, then... You know, how are they going to cross that bridge? You just don't teleport to craft beer. There's probably something that you're coming from. Um, but since then, you know, I've come up with different strategies. Um, but that still is a very real thing. I think homebrewing is a great idea. I mean, I think that's how a ton of people, you know, get especially brewers, right? get into it. I mean, when you're actually, like, making it with your hands mm-hmm. and you smell the ingredients, mm-hmm. like, in their own, uh, like, you know, perspective, and then you taste a beer and, mm-hmm. and then you pick up that ingredient that yep. you're like, whoa, you know, like, that's what I smelled when I threw the hops in the kettle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it's I mean, special. I, I think that's, like, that's like a huge, a few months, huge, like, a few huge months thing, ago, yeah. so-called Cervecetos came, like, their, oh, yeah. their main My guy. boys. Yeah, they're like, predominantly Latinos. Yeah. I mean, that, and then they go around and they go to different breweries and I, I think that's very much a part of it too. It's like seeing other people like yourself out there. Yes. Like, that's the whole thing with diversity. Like, you think, Oh, I can't be there because there's no one like me it's there. It's huge but, projection. Yeah, when you see like these different homebrew clubs and you try to see like there are, you know, it's a great mix of different kinds of people, I think that encourages more people to participate. Yep. Yeah. Work on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is a thing. And, and I think that's another thing, you know, when people think the whole beer's beer, you know, idea or when they put that out there, they also don't realize that sometimes you walk by a brewery 
And if you don't see anything remotely close to what you are, what your culture is, or what you look like, then there's maybe a tendency to go, maybe not. Not for me. You know, maybe not. Like, like that's a real thing, sure. you know? And that, I mean, that happens a lot with, like, um, the brewing industry and women. You know, like, there's this, there was a worst beer blog posted that Vista Brewery, and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's like some big titty, like blonde lady was like, that's the label of the brewery. Yeah. It's called Full Body yeah. Brewery. And everybody's just like, are you, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, yeah. like, what's wrong with you? Like, did, yeah. did you not have like a marketing friend that was like, hey, maybe that's maybe. not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, and I, I think that's like something where, um, like the, the Pink Boots site, um, part of the group on Facebook, they're always like, hey, did you see this label? But mm. now there's like, I think the Brewers Association has like a, not like hotline, but like a submission where you're mm. like, hey, hey, check, these check this out. out. Yeah, it's like, because no. then it's like, what's the fine line? Like, raging bitch from Flying Dog mm. versus like, you know, a large breasted woman on a. And I feel the same way, like, of how hip hop is being treated right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monkish is the exception. They love freaking hip hop. We know Henry is a hip hop head. But you got a lot of breweries that are slapping Biggie and Tupac on a label and don't have one person of color on their staff, on their brew team, yeah. or in their consumer base. And But they know mm-hmm. that this community of people that love dope shit are gonna gravitate to it because they wanna take a picture with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. so that's another, you know, I think that's a little bit more of a gray area yeah, because right. I think people, yeah. To a degree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would, but I guess that's a good example. IPA from- you know, that run the jewels sort of yeah, yeah, but they're, but they're brewing the with run the jewels you know, yeah, awesome. yeah. 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 And, and they're actually yeah, doing yeah. another yeah. version with, uh, so with creature it. comforts yeah inner burrow and, and <laughs> creature comforts okay lightning round sorry alright so next question is favorite beer style I'm just going to run to the washroom so if it goes on the next one is least favorite beer style got it I drank too much water Water, you busted the seal. You busted the gasket. What the hell, man? Okay. Uh, favorite beer style? Favorite me first. Um, Russian Imperial style. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Damn. Like when my old yeah. I know. I, damn. I mean, dude, we have Parabola table. on draft here most days. Like, you that's said Bravo? Morning. Parabola. Oh. It's like my starter every morning. <laughs> Yo. Know about it, you guys. Bravo is the shit, by the way. Yeah. Favorite style. Favorite style. I'm going to go classic and just be. I'm like IPAs, still on it. Well, well, so. well. Then I mean, you're a brewer, so Dana, what kind of IPA? Please break it down. I mean, I'm still just you know like classic, six percent like mm. clear, single, West Coast, West Coast, like crisp drinking. IPA Damn right. I am. I'm like getting thirsty. Planet Elder, <laughs> double <laughs> IPA. Yeah. Seven to eight. That that's those are my goalposts right there. I, I love it because you can see the process, and that is a beautiful thing to me. A beautiful pills, a beautiful IPA, double IPA, mouthfilled. I love it. Um, okay, a desert island beer specifically. It, if you have the beer, it's going to be drop shipped to you okay. a week within it being produced and bottled or canned. Yeah. What style or what beer is this? And I'll just go ahead. I'll go ahead. Okay, I'm thinking. <laughs> all right, 
<laughs> I would get like a super low, like 2% ABV, like kettle sour oh that God. I could go and like forage fruit from around the island <laughs> and turn it into all kinds of crazy shit That's and then brew it and drink it all day, like all day. What okay. an answer. That is such a brewer's answer. That was amazing. No one's said that. Yeah, that, that's 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 <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, damn. I know. Well, well done. You got it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still. Well, you know what? No, I, I did go different last time, and uh, I'd have to say before I had Pliny as my desert yeah. island, but mm -hmm. since I love LA, um, I'd have to go Highland Park one up. Oh yeah. Yeah, nice. that's yeah. so freaking amazing. Yeah, okay. give me fresh cans of that. Yeah, I think any clean, clean IPA. I would go with double, but then I'd probably die within like a week. <laughs> 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 well, come on, Miss Imperial. Who she pulled Imperial like, Stout as her favorite style? It would really? Be like yeah. Double gangsters. Jack, but I'd probably just go Union Jack just to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. Okay, so then be a trend predictions. So what do you guys think's next? Hazy loggers. Ooh. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it. It's like, wait, what? Hey, hey. I'm going to email you and you're going to, next time I come through, you're going to be like, all right, bro. Yeah, they're here everywhere. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had it here. Yeah. Well, is the trend the trend has said for the past two years and it hasn't happened because the haze craze has taken mm -hmm. over, but there's a return to the Pilsner. Yep. No. Like, that's been like, Every year, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to go back to Pilsner this year. I mean, all the great brewers that I ever talked to are like, yeah, fucking Pilsner, because that's a, the brewer's beer. If you could brew a clean beer, yep. a clean Pilsner that shows your technique and you're great at what you do. Yep. But it hasn't happened yet. So I'm hoping third time's a charm, maybe next year, huh? Pilsner? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, well, consistently, that's been my answer. I, I think... I mean, and, and having an opportunity to brew a kit in LAO works, like I figured out why, you know, that's the case. You know, you're drinking, you know, you want a good, solid, crisp, process, worthy beer to just I mean, drink for a few hours. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's probably the most common answer by far, and it seems like that's most likely the Especially with the, the brewers, like everybody's doing, like Alex just won for the Kolsch at Three Weavers. Highland Park does some great, like, uh, lagering too, so it's just like, it's... All the great brewers do it too. Yeah. They'll do the hazies, yeah. but then they'll also do clean, crisp, refreshing. And I think I think uh, Gozes as well. Yeah, Gozes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I thought that was gonna pick up earlier, but I think maybe now that people are not as scared of them, right? Or you know, they're they're more of a uh, an easier like sour exactly. taste than yeah. not. We I have like we did one with uh, rock and lemon. Uh, nice. it's Walker's Cuvée is so good. Mm. So you get a little bit of that like saltiness, but mm. then you got that lemon and a little tartness, but it's not overwhelming. Yes. It's super good. Goes good with food. Yeah. Goes with food. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I see what you did there. I see what he yeah. did there. Never heard of Ghost Brain before. Uh, <laughs> he's he's gunning no, for your one. job. He's yeah. gunning for your job. I like my job. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay right here. Yeah. I'll just throw that. We can take that for free. <laughs> So yeah. you, I don't need any more work. <laughs> you, you can boomerang better than me, though. So. Uh oh, we'll have to test this. Yeah, yeah. boomerang off. Um, favorite up and coming breweries it doesn't have to be local, but uh, just maybe ones that aren't getting the shine or are about to, all right, pop off. 
Um, I mean, I spent so much time up in like Paso in the Central Coast. I gotta throw like Central Coast Brewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're doing insane stuff, and they're they're a Monterey Street Pale Ale, like gold medal pale ale this year Whoa. silver last year and then gold the year before so noted yeah, central once, coast once good, brewing yeah yeah noted. They're, they're coming up noted. They're, they're, they're out you know maybe if it was like a couple years ago i'd say creature comforts because they're kind of like my my georgia boys but nice. i feel like they're already like killing the game yeah, yeah they're killing it so killing it too, too far okay so yeah, central coast perfect well done well, yeah. well, well good call they're good I think on this side, LAL works just because it took so long for Kip to get that running. And yeah, he makes great beers and a variety of beers. And a variety. He'll, great he'll, catalog. He'll make beers that you don't expect and not necessarily with the trend. But he's you know he works so hard to get to where he's at, so I have a lot of respect for him. And then on the east side, probably Indy. Like, yes. oh. What a uh, shout out to Lloyd, Connor, Morgan, <laughs> uh, James, uh, all the homies. Anybody there. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Um, yeah. I'd have to say um, up and comer, and I believe they're going to be expanding pretty soon. Would be homage. Oh really? Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matt and Lauren um, and their team are doing some special beers out in Pomona, um, and I think uh, the Inland Empire is about to start really mm-hmm. pushing uh, some beers towards this way. I think uh, you got a lot of ambitious. You know, amazing home brewers that are finally starting to get opportunities and are starting to starting to show. I love that inland empire. It's so funny. It's an area. Inland empire. Inland. Right. Calling it an empire is like. Oh. It's an empire, really. Did really? you know? Why? Did you know San Bernardino is an exact like replica of Salt Lake City? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was, it's like a. It was a Mormon community that established it, and when they establish communities, they just duplicate. Where, where they were from, and a lot of people don't know that. Fun fact, who's your soul? So who wants to be a millionaire, a phone a friend? Me. This guy. T.O. Hunter. Dope and dang. Put your number up on the screen. Get at me. DM me. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, favorite beer city, destination, or country? That's a tough one. This may be somewhere you like to go. I think yeah. there's a lot of great beers mm, coming from, from come from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't been there yet, um, I mean, so like Creature Comforts is up in Athens, which is like about a 45 minute drive. Mm-hmm. But I mean, inland, you know, like you got like three taverns. Yes. Uh, Orpheus. And Orpheus is killing it. I mean, obviously like old school like Sweetwater. Yep. You got like Scofflaw. Um, <laughs> I did an event at Scoff Law oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they been. make nothing under seven fucking percent. They're not. Jeez, dude. <laughs> That's how you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for Mess. you, freaking lush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have an imperial stout for breakfast. <laughs> yes, but Atlanta is good, good call. Yeah, I know yeah, I'm missing some people. They're probably gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Torch Top. Yeah, look it up. Um, yeah, Torch about the can to release their first can. Yeah, they're um, good catch. Yeah. Get, get, get there. Get down there. I'll bring you yep. some stuff next time I go. I think Denver's rad because it has like a lot of like old school breweries and new up and coming breweries and Portland obviously. Yeah. It's just like the changes, like every time I go back there from like ten years ago to now it's just like crazy yeah. how everything's changing, how the haze craze is taking over. And I just wanted to mention Prague because I went there last Ooh. fall. Dude, mm. man, like Beer is cheaper than water. (laughs) (laughs) Pilsner or Cal everywhere. Tank beer, which is interesting phenomenon, but it's just like they 
they're the biggest beer drinker. Like it's like that's old school right there. It's wow. just like they're like, no, this is how you drink. You just constantly drink all day, but you drink like light lagers. Yeah. So you're just just mildly buzzed all day long. Nice. But I think that's something to say to like the history. Yeah. Yeah. Pilsen. Yeah. That's it. I gotta go to LA, baby. <laughs> Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Had a we feeling. get it done, yeah, right? baby. You kidding me? <laughs> Firestone Walker in Venice. Freaking monkeys. Indie Mel. Let me start it. LA, and I hope this is going the right way and I don't look like a fool. No, you are. It's the right way. You're good. Is this the right way? Yeah, you're good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, C. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Um, underrated style city, no, style or brewery, city or country. So something like a region or, a, or something like that that doesn't get its props that you feel. Underrated region? City or country, so yeah, region. Or you can say like this style doesn't get the props. By the way, Monday night is Mon- Garage. Yes. They're about to do an open fermentation, like call, yeah. they call it the crunk ship. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Anyway, well, check them out. Yeah. Freaking amazing. Oh, no. Sorry, those, those uh, underrated beer region. No. What's that? What's Or style. style. Mm. It's a tough one. I think porters are underrated. Uh, mm. Good point. Mm. I love porters. Yeah, porters are great. American porters. Mm. Good yeah. fucking answer. Yeah. Good call. No, I don't think anyone said that before. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, yep. A little bit of vanilla, vanilla porter. Mm-hmm. Give me some of that. Jesus, I had, I had a vanilla coffee porter from Fieldworks. From Fieldworks, oh my god, it was beautiful. What was it? Oh, a It was a, a vanilla coffee porter from Fieldworks. And it was, the adjuncts weren't overwhelming, it was complex, and it wasn't too heavy. Oh. See, now you have to make a porter. A vanilla coffee one. A vanilla coffee porter. We can do that. Let's do that now. There's two hazy lagers of vanilla coffee. Sounds like a great dope and collaboration to me. Just say it. Were you just talking about making a brown porter? Is that just his imagination? <laughs> what would you call Walker's Reserve? A robust what, what, porter? What, 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 what about Bravo? Yeah. That's a brown ale. It's like an imperial, yeah. imperial brown ale. Imperial brown ale, yes yeah. it is. You gotta try it. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Jesus. Yeah. Underrated style. I don't know. Or, or beer region. Beer region. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think that lately I've noticed that a lot of the regions are getting more respect, like Florida, wherever the hell he's from. <laughs> the North, obviously, like Vermont is picking up. You know, like all control. these places in there. Yeah. For the it's beer nerd, like you can recognize it, but I think for the average beer drinker, they don't even see that. You know, mm. nobody even knows that right. there's good beer in Vermont. Right. Oh, that's a hard one. God, Porter is such a good answer. Yes, good grief! Like, like, like in Miami, there's a Winwood Brewing. They have an award-winning porter, Pops Porter, that is beautiful. Because I was thinking to myself, like, why would you drink a porter in hot-ass Miami? And then I had it, and I was like... That's why. Sante Darius has got this Chavez porter that's, like, blew my mind. Yeah. And it's, like, the one of the few beers I've had, like, recently that I was just... And I didn't wow. think a porter could do that. Yeah. It's, like, so Damn, good. good. So good. Damn. Do you want to bring samples of the porter? If you want, sure, let's do it. Well, you, I'll grab them. If you want, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we, can't, yeah, we, can't, we, can't, we can't talk about it, nothing about it. Well, we'll do, we'll do the podcast. Hey, we're almost done this, and then we'll do some after. Cool. Um, perfect. All right, so best beer you ever drank in your life. Damn. Often situation. Yeah, see, I'm loving your answers, bro. You, you, you yeah, got you me, like, rethinking fire, all man. my shit. Yeah. Fire. I like okay. it. You 
unique Thank you. point. Appreciate it. I've spent a lot of time thinking about beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly the shows. Truth. Uh, um, yeah, do you have anything that comes to mind? I mean, it could just be like, oh, this is my favorite beer ever, or it could be like, we always say, like, yeah, one brewer says something about on a boat, in a lake, or summer yeah, yeah. fishing, crack this beer, and it was the best, something like that. You know? Let's see. Um, you had a good one. Can you have a good one? I always have a good one. I can't remember what that good one yeah, was. Yeah, I swear that was something. I remember when I first started home brewing, and I, I just like was a beer drinker, but didn't really know that much about craft beer. This was like ten years ago or something. Uh, I remember again, like when we were home brewing, like smelling hops for the first time mm. and smelling them going into the boil and like getting in my face, and it was like that was like one of the best smells I've ever smelled in my entire life. And then uh, one of my friends. Uh, Katie Taylor hands me this uh, beer from, uh, it's called Hoptoberfest, from, from, from New Belgium. Okay. And like, I just remember smelling it and being like, this is the hops. Like, these are the, like the, the things that the, I put the in. The hops and the, the things and the beer. Yeah. This is that. And it, like, I Thank think you know. that was like one of the, the, one of the best, happiest moments. Yeah, when you actually put it all together. Yeah, just that whole like, full circle, right, mind blown thing. I that was like, great. It was, it was like crisp, like fall. You know, like when it, like that fall snap comes on, it's yep. like perfect time for like just being outside and hanging out with your friends. Best yes. beer you ever had? Is it in your entire whole life? In my entire whole life? Yep, ever, ever. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. I didn't mean to push you on, under it because I know you and I are feeling a bit rough today. But you uh, well, um, I want to say I'm always just gonna say Parabola, the first time. Mm. What is that again? I know Probably it. Probably oh uh, Russian Imperial Stout that's bourbon barrel aged. Yeah. That's why I put it. Okay. <laughs> so it's a pretty special beer. It's a special beer. It was like my like I would drink Imperial Stouts before, like the Stone uh, Imperial Russian Stout was mm. like my go-to, and then I had Parabola, which is a bourbon barrel aged version of similar style, and it just changes Change your world. Everything. I think it's a good gateway beer for those that are willing to. You can what? I am. What kind of gate you want? Jesus Christ! The Dino, the Gates of Fire Hill. Yes! Paul! Imperial Stone! What the fuck? I meant the bourbon. You know, you saw somebody who tastes like bourbon and chocolate and coffee. Well, a gateway for alcoholics. Pretty much. Oh, okay. And you're like, this is this is what like 13, 14 percent. Be like, whoa, really? Like, yeah. Like, that's a like, very yeah. good Give point. Give me another one. Like, yeah. oh, that's I what think, you need. Yeah, yeah I think we like, trust yeah. me. If you if you tell somebody that it tastes like, they're just like, oh, I can't taste that. Like, cheers. this is dark. But cheers, you guys. Cheers. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. If you tell somebody that's it tastes like chocolate and coffee, and they're like, I know what that is, I will drink it. Yeah, that's true. Particularly like the non-beer fans who are liquor fans, like you're saying, like the bourbon. Like are you whiskey. checking in like right now? No, we'll check in after. You know the drill. I do this on the podcast, so can you turn around and get in there? Thanks, guys. Um, all right, next one. Uh, first beer you ever brewed, which I guess would be... I you know you brewed too, right? I brewed a beer once. Yay! Yes. Hey! It was amber ale, and it wasn't infected. I was proud of myself. Nice. Man, I did it by myself, and it was so much work. Yeah, it's a lot, right? Yeah. And you're like, and I'll stick to the system. Yeah. Tell us about what we're drinking here. Oh yeah, by the way, yeah. This is the Walker's Reserve, so it's our robust porter. We actually uh, retired it a few years ago from our lineup. Um, it used to be part of the proprietor's reserve line, I think. Um, and we've rebooted a couple of times. This last one, Evan just did. So we 
kegged it two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks. That's kind of one of the things that we do here is we'll, like, old beers that Firestone just doesn't make anymore. Right. We'll, like, dust, you know, off the old recipe books and go through and find oh, that's cool. beers and Bring then back. scale it down here and then, like, make them again. Oh, my God. So, the mouthfeel on this is amazing. What, what is this? Yeah. About a seven and a half? Eight? Oh, am I, am I way low? Yeah, five, nine. Just oh, so really? Like, yeah, kind of oh, like my God. A little bit of roasty. Like, yeah. put a lot of roast in this. Yeah, it's that. amazing. It's been a long time. Like, this is great. This is exactly what uh, you're at. You are actually I'm like, checking, checking in right now. Oh, my God. Like, dude. <laughs> hey. It's a sickness. I know, right? Well, you didn't do it. What, you know, I don't. I guess, I guess I will. Now I see... In the um, middle of a podcast. We're talking. I'm like, son of a... Hey, it's my podcast. Okay. It, 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 it is pretty much your podcast. Well, no, it actually is. It is my... I love Scott, but it's my... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm playing. Um, I didn't like that. See, I did that. The uh, first beer you ever brewed. So the first one was the Amber. Mm-hmm. What was your first one? Oh, man. Uh, it was a... Um, it was like one of those kits that come in a box. Yeah. Brewer's best. Yeah, yeah. I think Same. it was. I think it was like a blue moon clone. Nice. And we ended up Probably like not having enough. Yeah, and we didn't have enough ice with like coriander and like orange peel. And I remember we didn't have enough ice to cool it down. And we're like in the bathtub, like that's shaking the hilarious. Candle, like trying yeah. to get it to cool down. And we were like, like pretty drunk by that point because we had been drinking like as soon the as six, we started eight, brewing. Eight hours <laughs> yeah, that was like my biggest lesson in home brewing. Is like. Don't start drinking too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But so we were like, like screw it. We just like left it. It was like winter. We left it out on the balcony. So like it was also maybe a little spontaneously fermented. That's <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> man. Because <laughs> we do that exact same thing too. We brew. We still do that. But way ahead of we time, drink man. while you brew. <laughs> we'll drink while you brew. But we put it's Canada. Put you it put the shit outside. Yeah. You put it outside, yeah. or we put it. We get snow and put the snow in the bathtub and then put the mm. thing yeah. in the snow there. But in think about Something as Californians the, don't ever have the pleasure of being able to do. Yeah, yeah. You probably put the cheesecloth on top. You're like just on actually cutting edge. You didn't even know. We didn't even know. Scott's going to be so proud. That's <laughs> that Firestone <laughs> gang getting dropped. <laughs> yeah. Just dropping jewels. <laughs> All day. And you had your first was the IPA you brewed at. Uh, yeah, my, I, I, I never homebrewed. My mm. first brewing experience came on a commercial system thanks yeah, to yes. Kip and Lloyd yeah, at LAL Works. Cool. Um, I was embarrassed of just not having as much knowledge of the brewing process, and they were like, come on. And they gave me the the wonderful title of seller person and allowed me to do all the sink cleaning and yeah. You know, I mean, I, but but I, I I got a chance to get on a brew stand, and it was a really amazing experience. That's sick. Yep. It's a great way to learn. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. So like, I don't think many people even get to say that at first. Like, no, the commercial system. system was pretty sick. <laughs> um, death row beer slash meal pairing. So it's sort of the opposite to the desert island. That's when you drink over and over. The death row is the last one ever with like a meal specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Barley wine, I guess. You know, yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. alcoholic yeah, ice box or something. I don't know. <laughs> what about so, you? Oh, and the food. Me. And a Smirnoff ice. People, he did call out Smirnoff Ice. Yes, he did say Smirnoff Ice. I love it. I like, I like your honesty, man. It's, uh, it's refreshing. So, Smirnoff Ice? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong job. You're in the wrong company. And I, I kind of want to wake from that too. Like, I'm inspired. I'm going to go 2012 Parabola paired with Humble Fog with that honey dough. 
Yeah. And let's go with lobster, dude. Fuck. Lobster yeah. goes with everything. Yeah. Lobster goes with death row. Let's do it. Yeah. Why not, right? <laughs> Last one. Their answers, dude. They're yeah, murdering anything. Jeez. I mean, although, um, although Porter from Smog City gave a pretty good answer. He gave a beer with an arugula salad because okay. it does not influence. Rather, it enhances the palate so that you can taste uh, the beer better, which I was like, funk it. spicy. Who would have done it? Fucking yeah, that was, that was beer really nerds. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, do you have one? Ooh. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I'd probably go something local, power plant, something big, mm. El Segundo, uh, oh, yeah. and a, a bone-in ribeye. Nice. Medium rare. Oh, yeah. Or medium, just under medium. Let that marbling kind of melt into the... We're specific people, people as beer folk. Yeah. Very specific. Um, favorite style to brew, which may only apply to your fine self, so. Um, I just like, uh, so like for instance, up North Beer Brew in Fordham, which is like mm. a, our double, like double IPA, but it also had like wheat and oats and uh, sugar. Nice. And it just had like a lot going on, so it's fun when you're just brewing a beer that has like, a ton of different ingredients, a ton of hops. Uh, yeah, we have parties out in this parking lot when this place shuts down. That's a right. That's a motorcycle. Right now we have a yeah. motorcycle going around banging some trap music. <laughs> Only in Venice. LA. Only in Venice. Uh, so that, that IPA with all the different. Uh, yeah, I'd say that like keeps things interesting. You know, you gotta like, you know, you're throwing in oats like at the end of the mash, and you're throwing in dextrose at the end of the or like during Whoa, the boil, yeah. Yeah, and you know you got whirlpool hops. And, so. That's sick. Probably that. Uh, love it. Worst beer you've ever made? <laughs> Probably that first home brew. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, Spontaneous. Spontaneous. That's awesome. That is the coolest thing ever. How long do you have to leave it outside? Can, <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is, I love it. Imagine like a, a dirty Toronto like city beer or something like. Well, you can pick up some weird shit. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, like, you just leave it out there until it starts fermenting, you know? Oh, so I'm literally not... days or something? Or I thought like like a cool ship's like 12 hours or something. Like overnight. In the full crisp type of thing. It's not my like specialty, but yeah, I mean, I guess, but for, yeah, I mean, they're like kind of in an environment where they've been brewing that stuff forever, right. you know? And so they got stuff like, in the air. Yeah, yeah. it's like, and they've got like, what, they got the, the, the wood, it's got all the <laughs> microbes and the... Wait till the, you see the new Monday yeah. night. Cool shit, dude. It's, that to room that is crazy. The crunk shit. The crunk yeah. shit. Shout out to the homies at Monday night. Good dudes. They want a GABFL too, man. Yep. There's a ton of people from Atlanta. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's one time. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm so trying it. Uh, the last question was Tia actually came up with now is what music do you listen to when you brew? Oh, like do you, and and I think the second part. Do you like customize the music to the style? Like, mm. you, like, like, like you know how like you yeah. can play music and talk to plants and stuff. I wonder if it's like because there's so, living organisms. Yeast is living. So you'd be hey yeast. Yeah, you girl. Play. Some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> like, ooh, that's ooh, super sexy. That's yeah, some parabola music yeah, right there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you budding right now? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's so when, smooth. When we brew, uh, so up north when we brew parabola, which is just like a, a shit show. Of Beer to brew, can imagine. Uh, just like in it, usually starting at like five o'clock in the morning, mm. just put on Slayer, yeah. and then it's just like like old age keeps you going. And you're just, you know, like yeah, just get you in the mood to brew like a serious. Dude, we've gotten like that heavy, hard Celtic death metal a lot. Yeah, they said if they what did they say if they had a specific type of beer that they put like like a 
if it was a Belgian beer or something, they'd put on some like Belgian death metal. Yeah, it's Belgian yeah, or something it's else. Like that. Yeah. And you That's wonder why there ain't no more black folks yeah, up in craft that. beer. <laughs> death metal. I brewed a Kendrick, man. Put on we some do, to, to pimp a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just so dynamic and yeah. spontaneous and weird and it's just like brewing is creative. And it's real wild ale too. Like my nice mama what? Your mama's a lovely woman. I'm Thank telling. you. Um, you're that Terry. Very intelligent. Uh, like put on for a wild ale because you said it's eclectic and spontaneous. It's like spontaneous yeah. fermentation. Yeah, it's like you know jazz, man. Ooh, that's a good idea. Well, I mean. Improvisation. What if you get a jazz band in the brewery? Oh, shit. While you're doing just a three piece. Some wild yeast. Put them in a crunk ship. That's like a little like stand up double bass, <laughs> bit of yeah. sax. Maybe just a maybe a bass player. You and me freestyling over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Get it. through the well, beer. There it is. Sure. We have to study <laughs> chemical <laughs> engineering there. Yeah. Yeah. You're good with it. Go on, cool. We'll talk to Dave and uh, and uh, Alex. Adam. Yeah. Adam, Adam. I'm sorry. Well, like get them, see so get the budget approved, and uh, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll just we'll pay you down here for the first show. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. let us know. We'll come down. I'm here for it. I like this, I like this a lot. That was the end of that question. Was there anything else you wanted to cover? Like, you had anything specific Ooh, questions? I, th- pretty, I uh, think we've had a healthy conversation. Yeah, yeah. This is really good. Hopefully you guys uh, feel just as fulfilled as we do. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, for, thank you guys for having us. It's been uh, amazing. This place is sick. The beer is phenomenal. Um, we both held it up. I'm hungover as shit. You're sick. Mm-hmm. So Me too. I'm going to drink more after this. So. Amen. <laughs> we'll have just a little bit. Yeah. Just smell it. A little it. bit. Um, thank you guys so much. Where can we find you guys online? I saw it's, a, it's actually Firestone underscore Propagator. Is that yes. right? Firestone Walker or Firestone? I think it's Instagram. Firestone Walker. What is the Propagator thing? Yeah, that's a good question. What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was, that's what we call this place. It's the Propagator of New Ideas. Hell! There you go. Propagating in this piece. It's not in reference of yeast propagation. Also, that. Oh. So David was also like, that. you know, so yeast propagate, so here's the propagation of ideas. And we're like, all right, David, cool. Because we're, we're it's the R&D Are you sure, Dave? Yeah, I like that. It's like, here, Dave, whatever you say. The propagator. I like that. I love it. Well done. Yeah. Um, so online, is it just firestonewalker.com? Yeah, it's firestonewalker underscore propagator for the Instagrams. For Instagram. And Perfect. then for the the website, firestonebeer.com. FirestoneBeer.com. Perfect. So check them out. Uh, yeah. Where can we find all Dope and Dank online? Yo, you can find me at, at Dope and Dank on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and www.dopeanddank.com. Get at us. Holla. Making yeah. it diversity, craft beer, and dope culture. <laughs> Get it. He's very good. Yeah, yeah, he's Hella prepared. Um, so if you enjoyed the video, guys, Check the thumbs up, hit subscribe down below. I was gonna figure out which side it is, so I have to point to both just in case. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, this that, oh, on that side you think? Yeah, this side. Yeah, right, right here. It. Yeah, it's on the right, on the, if you look at the screen, it's on the right, which means it's there. You are, yeah, yeah. 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 See, you are social media, what are you talking about? You know what's up, forget Boomerang, you got this luck. Boomerang. <laughs> Amateurs. Uh, follow us on social media, at BAOS Podcast, and to hear more long form uh, audio like this, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, all that good stuff. And that is it, y'all. Cheers. Get it in ya. Let Cheers. it show you up. Get it in ya! <laughs>